0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Uh, phone lines are open six four six five nine five three one three seven. This is Block Talk Radio on the B four three sixty network. It is three days away from Super Bowl Sunday, which is uh, etched its way into the immortal holidays of this country. the Black Friday, and I don't know, first day of summer.
2: Sure. Uh, Selection Sunday. That's April Fool's Day. Selection Sunday. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Daytona Sunday. Yeah, that's
1: in a few weeks, isn't it? It is.
2: Yeah, it is. The, the Sprint
1: Ultimate. Isn't that what the new the uh, Budweiser Shootout's now called? Yeah, or no, the, or the Sprint Unlimited, oh, which is god
2: awful. But <laughs> obviously, we you know it's obviously some product place. I mean, why get it be the Sprint Shootout? I mean, come
1: on. I know. Like There's some great NASCAR talk coming your way later in the show. Uh, Mike Friel Deal. Our base, one, of our, one of our many baseball analysts will swing by later to discuss the recent uh, PEDs found in multiple uh, MLB stars. Some college basketball talk and uh, a surprise uh, gossip in the NASCAR world. But uh, we'll begin today with the uh, Super Bowl 47. 47 uh, now. It is
2: uh, yeah, Super
1: Bowl 47. Featuring the 49ers or the uh, San Francisco 50 ones If you saw, have you seen that new the leaked commercial with uh, Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd? I have not seen that. For so I don't like how they do that, how they're leaking some of the Super Bowl commercials. Like all,
2: I think almost all the Super Bowl commercials are out. Exactly.
1: So it ruins the, the excitement and fun and you know, humor of watching the game. But uh, 49ers and the Ravens take place Sunday, 5.30 on CBS uh, in the uh, Mercedes-Benz Superdome.
2: And this is we game we've, we've
1: been looking forward to because we didn't really see uh, spill a spill out of it last week because it was sort of leading up to Super Bowl week. But um, it's just one of the... Uh, Potentials to
2: be a memorable Super Bowl. I think so because I think when you look at both teams, uh, I don't think there's really a clear favorite. I think they're both uh, both are really good teams. they pretty. I think they're pretty equal. And I'm not. I've barely. I've barely seen anybody say that it is a. Uh, you know, they think that one team's going to win by more than a touchdown. And and I know that uh, uh, Peter King of Sports Illustrated. Um, said that he thinks this is a game that's very hard to predict. So I really think that's good. Could be a very good one. Well, why is that though? Why are people saying it's not hard? It's not hard to predict. Well, I mean both teams come in playing well. They've uh, had uh, good wins. They've uh, rallied in a couple games. But I really think that they look at both teams. You got good defenses, good offenses. Teams that are playing well into the Super Bowl. And so I really think that, you know, um, both these teams have had very good years. with ups and downs. And I don't know if there's really a favorite in this game. And I personally had some uh, not certain uh, for a while when we uh, found out the Super Bowl matchup a couple weeks ago who was going to win. So who knows? So uh, early predictions might as well cause we have a pretty uh,
1: stuck show. We have the Ravens. Led by quarterback Joe Flacco and uh, Ray Lewis, win or lose is his final game in a, uh, in a Ravens jersey for the NFL. Very strong defense that shut that has shut down two of the most elite quarterbacks in the league. Two solid passing teams able to beat Denver in double overtime and beat the Patriots fairly convincingly against uh, one of the one of the rising stars of the NFL quarterback that's only made nine starts, including two in the postseason. Your boy Colin Kaepernick in a Solid quarterback rushing attack. Absolutely, a pretty pretty dynamic you know, spread offense that uh, Jim Harbaugh runs going yep. up against his brother. Is it will it be a
2: high scoring game or a you know defense large match? I think we'll have. Uh, I think the score will be in the twenties. So I think there will be some offense,
1: but it won't be like
2: a, a full blown shootout because I think that both offenses have the potential to put a lot of points on the board. You know. Baltimore's got Ray Rice and Joe Flacco's Throws a great deep ball. And they've got some solid receivers, and that offense was really regenerated when they uh, uh, when they promoted Jim Caldwell to be the offensive coordinator late in the season. And then with San Francisco, once they put in Colin Kaepernick, uh, started using the read option more, and really been very dangerous. So both these offenses are uh, they're both uh, pretty varied. Varied schemes, varied attacks. and But they also both have great defenses as well. I mean, San Francisco's is better than Baltimore's. But Baltimore, you know, this is no uh, scrub defense either. So yeah,
1: Exactly. But um, we can sit here all day and talk about dissecting the Super Bowl. Who's going to win or not. We'll get our predictions later in this segment. But uh, I'm interested. I like the whole media week thing, which is something uh, a lot of – like the Final Four does that as well. They have that week. But what have been – for me, one of the most interesting stories that has come up recently uh, deals with our, uh, our own president-elect. Uh, president Obama he told the New Republic the other day when asked about the uh, culture of violence, he wonders, uh, they wonder if, they, if he takes less pleasure in watching football. And our president said he's a big football fan, but if he had a son, he had to think long and hard before he let him play football. And here's what some of the 49ers players and their coach had to say on those comments.
2: Well, I have a, a four-month-old, almost soon-to-be-five-month-old son, Jack Harbaugh. And uh President Obama feels that way, then it uh, be a little less competition for Jack Harbaugh when he gets older. <laughs> That's the first thing that jumps into my mind if other parents are thinking that way. But uh, it's still early. Jack is like I said only 5 months old but he's a really big kid he's got a he's got an enormous head and
3: what's his forty time
2: his uh we don't have a 40 on him yet but his his wingspan is a plus 1 as soon as he grows into that head he's going to be something but it's early but
0: expectations are high for young Jack it's definitely a dangerous sport, but at the end of the day, the league is doing a great job of uh, putting in place of, of things to help players, help players with safety as far as the hits and the helmets and different things like that. So uh, I can understand what President Obama was coming from with saying that, but at the same time, the league is doing a great job of trying to prevent a lot of those situations. I guess uh, everyone has their own opinions on, on letting their kids play football. So I, I'm going to let my kid play football and love the game and love the way that it's transitioning uh, to a safe or a player safety league
1: and of course uh, earlier in this week uh, Raven's own safety he was saying he told uh, cbs sports.com that 30 years from now he doesn't think the NFL will be in existence but he could be wrong it's a guy stating his opinion because the fans would sort of get fed up with the constant safety rules and changes now before we noticed last year. Uh, Especially with James Harrison, the Steelers linebacker, that a lot of uh, safety changes have been made with Commissioner Goodell. Junior Seau was one of the big players that suffered from sort of the long-term effects of it. Were you? Did you ever play football?
2: Uh, I did play football. Fortunately, I never got a uh, any concussions. Uh, I know kids that did. Uh, I know kids that got quite a few concussions. But yeah, I played football. Honestly, no, I never really thought about it because I don't think when you play a game like that, I don't think you know you go into thinking, "Oh, am I going to get hurt?" Because I mean, you can actually re- get hurt doing anything, as and, we saw, as we told our Tyler Tamayo last night. And so, um, yeah, so I mean, it is a, definitely a physical game, without a question. And I think the president was making a valid point about thinking about because you know, see if we get concussions, you get C E T down the line you know, you suffer from it later on, but I think also people don't realize when, like, Bernard Palmer made the comments, like, you know, you think the game's going to be extinct. People don't realize that, you know, when this game was created, there wasn't any helmets. Leather helmets, too. too. There were... Initially, there weren't even any helmets. There were no pads. The game's come a long way, and the game is going to adapt. Yes, it's a physical game. Without question, guys are going to get hurt. But... As far as I know, at least in the NFL, I don't can't think of any NFL player that's died on the field. We've seen players die at baseball. Uh, One died in uh, in the early 20s, got hit by a pitch in the head, and then eventually that we've seen people die in uh, NASCAR, for example, basketball too, running sport, basketball as well. So I think that you know that we definitely need to have a bigger focus on safety in NFL. And especially startling when you have players in the NFL that do not think that their medical staff is doing what they can, the best they can, for their safety. And thus, it looks like uh, Roger Goodell is going to put in that have every team will have neurologists on the on the team, on the sidelines. So I really think that there will be steps made in positive direction, just as we've done over time. I'm not buying it that football is uh, a dying game. I don't think that's true at all. I think that's a blatant overreaction, and thus, well, I think that we all will see now greater advances in safety. Yeah, you know, I mean that's what they've already been trying to do of late, anyway. So they partnered with uh I think it was Harvard Medical School to work
1: on helmets and, and peasants and uh, more safety equipment. We look at NASCAR; they made a great stride with the Hans device, and uh, knock on what after Dale Earnhardt's death in 2001, there have been no fatalities. Yeah in NASCAR. And yeah, could do the same. I believe uh, Revolution football helmet and riddle have come out with uh more more padding in the helmet for uh safety. But it's it's not been it's not been something that's new because I Kurt Warner last year was saying that he won't let his son play football.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then uh the recent, you know incident with Junior Seau, and now this. It's something I think it's just a giant not media frenzy, but something just to get people talking about, and we're definitely talking about it. It's an issue. I never played football, uh, to the fact that concussions wasn't the first thing my parents' mind was more of just not letting me get hurt at such a young age, which is embarrassing for me, being that Texas is king, and our football is king in Texas, but, uh, of course, my brother, he's uh, he's been playing soccer, and he suffers a couple of injuries, so it's uh, I guess with uh, risk comes reward, and looking at the NFL, it won't die in 30 years, because it's like a 10 billion dollar enterprise maybe even more but uh, that was my big interesting uh story from the week before do you have something from Super Bowl week that's really caught your attention
2: um i think the thing that really caught my attention was the whole uh, contrary with Ray Lewis using a uh, uh, yeah what's the that sports about you trying to explain it to me the uh, other day sports illustrated report from uh, that uh there's a company i want i i want to say that they're uh acronym is SWAT. Uh, it's basically Sports with Alternatives to Steroids. And what it was that they this is a company that had been he, he, when Hugh Jackson was the, uh, became the uh, a coach of the Raiders, he had ties to this uh, company and there was a big uh, Yahoo uh, report about it. And basically what the product is that was Ray Lewis using was um, Uh, Deer Antler Extract Spray or Velvet Extract Spray. And what it is, because deer antlers grow back extraordinarily fast. It's used as something to uh, basically come back from an injury fast. And he, Ray Lewis, supposedly used it on his triceps injury earlier in the year. And that has has a banned substance that is banned by every professional sport. So, I mean, and Ray Lewis... Declined to comment about it uh, when uh, they asked about it because it was a big thing on Media Day, and so I really think that um, I mean I don't know what this means. He had, as everyone says, he hasn't failed the drug test, but neither did Lance Armstrong, so we know how much that means. But with uh, with Ray Lewis, uh, I think that I don't think this hamburg's his legacy. You know, he's got this big driven legacy. You know, he's the great spiritual passion leader. Future Hall of Famer, and so, and this happened like in his last year. So I don't know what this will mean for him. I don't think it's going to be like you know his whole career is going to be torn down by it, not by a stretch. But I also think that'll it be something like uh, because he had been tied to this company before through Hugh Jackson, who used to be a Ravens assistant. So I think that uh, initially on face value. I wouldn't put an enormous amount of stock into it. It's definitely something to note of. But who knows, maybe this will develop into a uh, bigger thing down the road. I will say, even the NFL
1: doesn't even know. Reading the Yahoo report in 2011, uh, spokesman Brian McCarthy said, it's, uh, this, quote, despite the company's claims, it's not clear if all that product actually contains IGF-1, which is the sort of the, uh, the banned substance you were talking about. But... That's interesting, because we, we said on this show that when he heard his trust, he'd be out for the season. Yeah. And then he sort of, and then he just came back. And so I thought, oh, okay, he's a, making a speedy recovery. But uh, it's called The Ultimate Spray. Mitch Ross is the man behind it with, uh, you're right, SWAT. Sports with alternatives to steroids. If he wins, do you think his
2: uh, legacy will be sort of tainted by it? Um. What do you mean if he wins? The Ravens win. Oh, if the Ravens win? Um, uh, I think it may. Uh, like I said, because we, I don't know if we know everything about it. Because I think there is certainly a, a somewhat degree of doubt. Because, like I said, he hasn't failed a, a drug test. So, I don't think it will... I think it will put a little bit of a black eye. I don't think it will be a huge deal of... of uh, I know it's not like they're going to put an asterisk next to this on uh, the Lombardi trophy, but I do think that it was some of that be like, yeah, well, I mean, Ray Lewis, you know, he did come back, so, and would they have gotten there if uh, he had been out for the season? I don't know, so it's something that uh, something that shouldn't be ignored, but I don't know if it will, will uh, completely uh, wipe away the Super Bowl, a, a potential Super Bowl victory.
1: You know, because there's just one guy on the entire team. It takes about 11 guys on the field to win. Yep. Uh, another interesting story, and this actually relates to you in a way, uh, your boy from the pack, Donald Driver, uh, claims he's going to retire. And uh, our good friends at uh, I Mike... he claims he's going to retire. You he said he's <laughs> going to retire. They had the ceremony
2: this morning at Lambeau Field. I thought he said on the he said on the six he's going to officially announce. Or he officially, but they had, like, a thing uh, earlier today... Uh, to uh, basically, they had the thing at Lambeau Field. Their fans waiting like uh, freezing cold temperatures, as it often is in Green Bay in the winter. To basically uh, kind of say goodbye to a guy that really rose to the wrench when he was on the team. He was like the ten-string wideout, wideout um, in uh, you know 99, 2000 when he you know, came out of Alcorn State. He did, Came from a rough and tumble background, uh, which uh, I believe he was raised by a foster family, and he really came out to be one of the uh, one of the great Packers, one of the great receivers in Packers history. And then uh, well, his popularity uh, soared when he won uh, Dancing with the Stars. So he won that. He did win that. I that last year. That. So yeah, that's.
1: Dumb. I was recently too. Yeah. Uh, his, here's his interview with our good friends of Mike and Mike during Super Bowl week. As we sit here right now at the end of January, what is your thought about
0: where your football career is? Well, I, um, my thought is is that uh, I'm going to officially uh, put the cliques on the shelf. I'm going to walk away from the game. Um, you know, I'll, I, I will announce more of that on February 6th. Is the day I will go back to Green Bay and announce my official retirement in front of the – you know, I want to do something special. I want to do it in front of the fans, uh, something that no other player has done. Uh, I'm going to open my retirement up to the fans. So give them everything they deserve. But you're telling us
2: here today that that said, After 14 terrific years, you're
0: calling yeah, it a career. I'm calling it a career. Difficult? Very difficult. It's always difficult, you know, especially when you feel you can still play the game, you know. So you just kind of let it go and say, you know, there's other things out there. It's the next chapter of your career, and I'm ready for it.
2: So why, if you do feel you can still play, why do you think this is the right time? I
0: have to say that February 6th.
2: I got you. I can't. I can't okay. give it all
0: away. The fans have to know why as well. When, so, when,
2: when did you know? When? When did? In your mind, that it was done.
0: Um, after I talked to the wife and kids, you know, I think that was the time that I just felt like it was. It was time to, you know, walk away. You know, my wife said something truly special to me that, you know, you don't want to play. She didn't want to go anywhere else. So that made it easy for me as well. So, and then my kids kind of made it point blank, and. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. If
2: you could talk a little bit for those fans who don't know about your journey, about the way you grew up and, and what you had to overcome from, from the beginning of, in your life to where you are today and, and what that journey means to you.
0: Well, I mean, it's always special. You know, you go through all the trials and tribulations in your life and you just feel that like God has blessed you to be where you need to be. You know, I've, I had the ups and I had the downs. And um, I'm blessed to be, you know, play 14 years in the National Football League and have a great family and have some great kids. And, uh, you know, you have to be now – no one's going to – someone's going to always tell my kids that their dad was a great football player. But no one will be able to tell my dad – you know, my kids that their dad was a great dad and a great husband. So I have to be able to show them that. And that's what the next chapter of my career will be.
2: Did you – throughout the season, did you talk about this with your, your wife and, and family each
0: week or every now and then during the season? Or did you just wait till it was all – the season was over? Well, you know, one thing about it, you always talk to your spouse. So yeah. I've always had a chance to talk to her. But, you know, sooner or later, you just kind of put it behind and just say – Let's just play football, and let's see where it takes us. And you know, we're just this close to being where we are today in New Orleans. But you know, it's all you know. Somebody always says next year, but for me, it won't be. What happens when uh, when the July rolls around in August, and maybe no. that that itch comes back a little bit? Yeah, I'm not coming back. <laughs> I think the thing is, is that you know um, you don't you don't want to just jump back and forth. You know, I think you have to say what you're going to say, and you have to mean it, and and and.
1: and Stay true to who you are. And, of course, that was uh, Donald Driver on ESPN's Mike and Mike, good friends of ours. Uh, as we sort of uh, share audio files over here in New Orleans. But, um Beeple, what's some of the things you're going to miss about having Donald Driver on the pack?
2: Uh, Well, like you said, he did kind of have an extraordinary story. Kind of, and, you know, it was seventh-round pick in 1999. And he developed into one of the most consistent receivers in the NFL, one of Brett Favre's favorite targets and one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets. So he kind of helped bridge the gap between the two. And what I always loved about him is that he always gave it his all in the field. And it seemed like he always had a smile on his face. Like he always seemed to be having a great time, seemed like a great guy. And really, in, in later in his career, that really rubbed off uh, on, on the uh, on the Packers receiving core, and I think you he, look at like a guy like Greg Jennings, and he's also a summer guy. Always in a great mood, uh, very happy, great guy. And you know these guys, you know I really think that uh, you know he was definitely one of my favorite players. He was the kind of guy like you know he basically he built his career through hard work, and you know so he'll be definitely a guy I'll miss. He was a uh, Certainly one of my, uh, definitely a fan favorite. Always, uh, when he was great when he would go into the do the old Lambo leap. As it's great with any player, but uh, but uh, yeah, we'll he'll definitely be missed. He'll definitely be missed. I speak a lot about their organization
1: though, that the consistent core of receivers even through the transition of Brett Favre retiring, coming back, setting all the records, and Aaron Rodgers coming in, uh, and then the whole of uh, what's going to happen. The Packers is you know, not failing, but I mean, of course he did win a Super Bowl. They won in Dallas to be Pittsburgh. And then uh, n- numerous good players, too, around him. You know, they had Bubba Franks as their tight end. Yep. They had. Probably uh you.
2: Great. Is he really? Yes. I did not know that. He had that. tight end there before uh, Jeremy Shock For the 01 National Championship team. Yep. He was a uh, rookie in 2000.
1: No kidding. And then we had Greg Jennings, yep. uh, was also relatively quiet before, you know, now becoming this great receiver, doing mm-hmm. push-ups and the jet ski on his back. <laughs> and then uh, Jordy Nelson, a recent guy from K State, who uh, did very well on the, uh, their Super Bowl run. It says a lot about the organization. There's no prima donnas, no guys that are you know in it for the money or whatever. And it's interesting that he's sort of going off uh, uh, out and retiring at the top of his game, and having good family values, sticking to uh, someone who's not going to say he's going to retire
0: yeah. and uh,
1: stick with it. Because another big storyline in this is. Um, If the 49ers win, that means Randy Moss will have a Super Bowl ring. Yes. Uh, TNC's own Charles Barkley says that's the only reason why he wants the 49ers to win.
2: But he was a guy that sort of retired. He was gone for two years, wasn't he? We talked a little bit about it last week. Yeah, he was gone last year, but I I believe he had played in uh, 2010. Played, it really, was a mess, and he had left the game. But... uh, you know, for the most part, Randy Moss has been a great fit. He's done. He's been a role player, and he seems he has accepted his role as a role player. I mean, even though this week he didn't make makes him run his mouth a couple of times with comments like, uh, well, I'm the greatest receiver of all time, and that I should be getting the ball more. And it's kind of bizarre because, you know, he had been, you know, such a team player for most of the year, and, you know, be, you know, taking the role uh, and have, having key moments and really helping to stretch the field for 49ers offense, which was criticized last year as being a uh, pretty one-dimensional uh, running game and throw to Vernon Davis. Now it's helped uh, uh, become a whole lot more varied, particularly with uh, Colin Kaepernick as well. So, yeah, uh, and, uh, and you know what? He, he wanted to get a NFL ring, and you know what? I was scared. When he came back out of retirement, but he's putting the hard work, and you know what, he deserves to get a good ring if the team wins. But well, I didn't
1: realize he was on the 49ers until the playoffs.
2: Oh, really? Yeah,
1: sure. so how. up to the times I am with pro. Yeah, but that's
2: football. all right. That's
1: all right. Yeah, but uh, another interesting thing about the wideout, the uh, recent uh, was it a sexual assault case with uh country. Hmm. They said they're going to keep that. They're doing a really good job of keeping that sort of on the DL. Yeah. Because cause that story could have potentially blow up after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because uh, that guy's an absolute clown. Uh, Dallas native, by the way. Gotta give him a shout out. Oh, there you no go. Lone Star State. agent? Yes. Uh, uh, went out of the pros as a sophomore, I believe. Uh,
2: yeah, I, I think you're right.
1: And uh, he's been a, he's been a mess. But it's funny because we go from the Packers to the nice nice receivers and all that to the uh, 49ers. God knows what happens. But um, uh, final thing I want to talk about for the uh, 49ers, uh, the whole who, I guess as PTI was saying this last week. Who who has the sort of the worst situation when you look at both teams? Is it they're saying who the who the ex offensive coordinator of the Ravens was before Jim Caldwell? I'm gonna look it up in a minute. Or
2: um, Alex Smith? Um, uh yeah, the former coordinator is Cam Cameron. I really think it's Alex Smith because I mean, look what he did this uh, last year. Took a team was close to the pretty much a muff punt away from going to the Super Bowl last year. And he was, I mean, he was playing well. I mean, he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't bombing the throw, but he was uh, one of the leaders in passer rating, high completion percentage. He was playing well. And then he got hurt, and then I think the team realized that Kaepernick gave him a different dimension, had a, has a huge arm, incredibly athletic, gives him another dimension, starts sprinkling him in. And then once you start doing that, everyone's like, all right, you know, what's going to happen when they completely unleash him and play him full time? And I really think that the team has to look back I at mean, him. And if you look at Alex Smith, he's definitely been disappointed, but he hasn't been, like, petulant, you know. He hasn't been whining. He's basically said, yeah, you know what, it sucks. It's disappointing. I wish I was playing. But you know what, I mean, you know, that's that's the way basically the way it is. And he's going to be, you know, he'll be gone. He'll be... I'm pretty certain he'll be starting somewhere next year. I don't know how good it'll be outside of working with Jim Harbaugh, but he'll be he'll be starting somewhere. Not sure where yet,
1: though. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I'll take Cam Cameron's side because yeah, the Ravens, you know, always had good defense, never really solid offense. Always would go close to making the Super Bowl, or close to winning, and uh, follow up short. Then you have the the ex cobble the ex Colts coach. Mm-hmm guy who coached Peyton Manning for, I guess, a year, two years. Knows a little bit about offense. He comes in completely turns Joe Flacco into this, not perennial star, but a star in the making with a good core of receivers, good a solid offense. That's the reason why Baltimore's been doing so well. But to end this segment, do you have one in the Super Bowl and why? You know,
2: I've really gone back and forth on it. I can see why teams are going toward, uh, or folks are going toward San Francisco, going toward Baltimore. I'm going toward San Francisco. Because I think that looking at the matchup, their offense against the defense, the Ravens really haven't played a quarter of anything like Colin Kaepernick this year. And I don't think their defense has the speed, because it is aging, has the speed on the edge to deal with uh, Colin Kaepernick. So I think he'll be the difference. And I think the final will be 28 24 San Francisco. Okay, I'm going to go with
1: the Ravens.
2: As much as I like,
1: Stanford Cardinal around made Andrew Luck into the first-round draft pick, good NFL rookie quarterback he is, and uh, left it in the hands, left it in good hands in Stanford. Now won the Rose Bowl, so he's been able to change this 49ers team, which was a laughing stock after Steve Yesser, Jeff Garcia left when him yep. and To separated, worst team in the NFL. They're thinking about moving to the stadium. It was just a mess. He comes in, uh, did a smart job taking some of his Stanford assistants with him. And now they've been consistently uh, one of the best teams in the NFC in a Mm -hmm. bad division, which was, and now was a pretty solid division, because in the past decade, the 49ers and the uh, Arizona Cardinals have made the Super Bowl. But uh, I think the Ravens are going to win. Good, Solid defense. Apparently their defense has shut down most of the tight ends they played. Granted, uh, Gronkowski didn't play the majority of the game against the Patriots, and I don't think Denver really had that good of a tight end. But I don't know, something about how when teams, when pro teams, especially football, when they start on the wild card and they win really emotional games, because our own Tyler Tameo was saying that they would lose to New England because of the emotional game against Denver, and then they go into Foxborough and win, and then something about a quarterback making nine starts, and now he's going to play in probably the biggest game of his life. I don't know, because knowing most running quarterbacks usually get very excited and get those pregame jitters, Colin Kaepernick either can rise to the occasion and make me seem like a, an idiot, make you seem like a genius as you are so far two for two in our uh, big game picks.
2: Yeah. As you
1: called the hard Bowl, or he could get easily contained by uh, a, a good defensive line the Ravens have. And but I think Baltimore will win. I don't know what's the score like. Because usually big games with a high-powered offenses always end up low-scoring. So I'll go. I'll take your 28. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Uh, I'll go 31-24. 30, uh, but I hope it's uh, an exciting game, though, because last year's Super Bowl was fantastic,
2: mm.
1: even though my Pats didn't win. But, uh, of course, what, Tom Brady was, what, a game-winning... Wait, are you
2: a Pats fan.
1: I'm a Tom Brady fan, not a Pats fan. Oh, but okay. I got caught up in the whole Gromp Nation stuff. Uh, I don't know, I like, seeing, I like seeing the Golden Boy win. But I did say last year, and ESPN's Bram Weinstein said that the uh, Giants were going to win. So... I mean, I like two Ravens, but I don't like Ray Lewis. Uh, it's, I'll need an AFC team to win. I'll go with that, because my dad works for the Chiefs and we represent the, uh, the American Football Conference. So we'll take a break. Uh, Mike Friel is up with us uh, after this. Once again, the up Fanatic Radio on the d 4 v 60 Network on blogtalkradio.com. <laughs> Here on uh, blocktalkradio.com, Fanatic Radio, I'm Gardner Ben Florence. Mike the friel Deal has joined us in the studio to discuss some baseball talk. Uh, quick thing to note, though, interesting with uh, us being in the broadcast industry, uh, your girl Rachel Nichols, uh, announced she was leaving ESPN. Made her CN, uh, CNN debut today. Mm, I, saw it, I saw it. Last night I was watching Inside the NBA, which we'll get to in a minute about uh, the two games that happened last night. But apparently uh, Ernie Johnson was talking about he was going down to New Orleans to do something with the Super Bowl, sort of like the
2: yeah, the pregame
1: show. Uh-huh. And then it was a picture of Rachel Nichols next to her and I thought, oh, maybe she's moonlighting, but then after doing some extensive research in the LA Times report, it said uh yeah. she'll be covering the Super Bowl for uh, Turner Sports. Yeah. Charles Barkley was very excited. She's on the, yeah, she's joining uh,
0: Turner she,
1: Network.
2: Yeah, she's joining uh Turner, she'll be doing like NBA and MLB playoff coverage, and she'll be hosting a, a, sh- a show, a weekly show, oh, God. A weekend show on uh, CNN about sports. So as we've seen, their new uh, management under uh, the new president Jeff Zucker said that he wants to kind of expand what CNN does—not just news, but go more into entertainment and sports, which I think is a great idea. And that's where they brought in Rachel Nichols. She was on with uh, my crush, uh, Brooke Baldwin, earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was on with Pierce Morgan last night. Right, yeah, he's very excited about that. Yeah, and uh, so uh, yeah, so uh, CNN broadening their uh, profile. That's good. They could uh, offer us a job. providing us boy They probably they probably should. Why not? We make make a good. If I a radio on
1: CNN, dang, that's
2: such a good ring to it I know too. a they, Great morning show for CNN. Pick up. I mean.
1: I know. I would say morning though. We don't really. I don't really do mornings, but uh oh, that's okay. interesting. is yes, has now lost Aaron Andrews to Fox. Michelle Beadle to NBC. I guess, it's she sports network, cause she did a lot of the U.S.
2: Yeah, her, her new show debuted this week, Actually, Really? Yeah.
1: Everyone's getting a show. Yeah. Uh, they beat us to the punch. Well, we've got a
2: show. We've got a show right now.
1: Exactly. But that's interesting. Now, uh, can only imagine everyone's planning on who the next Aaron Andrews is going to be. But uh, enough of this chitty chat. Let's go straight into baseball. Mike has joined us in the studio. PEDs are big in baseball, and uh, steroid talk is back among us. One of the notables is Alex Rodriguez, who some are saying is probably will not be returning because he got surgery. I think what was it? He had a he had I think it was a hip flexor strain.
3: He, he had surgery last week, and this is before the news of the PED broke to, to uh, public. But at that point, he was going to miss the first six months of the season, regardless what happened with the, with the drugs. And it was questionable whether he even come back at that point. The Yankees were already investigating, cut his contract. But uh, now now there's news of this doctor. Uh, Anthony Bosch, out of Miami, who some, some people might remember, was actually the guy involved with A-Rod, A-Rod back in 09 He had drug, drug issues then. No
0: kidding.
3: Um, so, I mean, this, this guy is just all over the news. But uh, the the report from the uh, Miami Times links uh, A-Rod, Nelson Cruz of the Rangers, Gio Gonzalez of our own Washington Nationals, uh, Grammel, a backup catcher from Padres. And friend of the show. Friend of the show. Personal, personal friend. And uh a a list of mi- a list of minor leaguers, but those are the big names involved in this. And uh and Milky Cabrera of of the Blue Jays. So it, it there's a few repeated drug users that, that are already you know, the people will assume to be guilty. Arod A Rod actually um has his own PR firm apparently that, that is on that is on retainer just to defend him because things like this happen all the time. So they released a statement to to try and counter this. Uh Gio Gonzalez taken to Twitter just just blast in the yes, Nationals so are. The And Nationals,
1: the Nationals players should. Yeah, I mean, the Nationals
3: are back, so I give them credit. The Rangers have completely abandoned Nelson Cruz, so they refuse to comment, won't talk about it. So yeah. it's a major baseball issue that they, I mean, they just lost everybody this offseason. They're trying to lose Nelson Cruz apparently now, too. But uh, the, the, A-Rod, the A-Rod thing, it's sad. I mean, it's good for the Yankees because they can potentially free up $114 million now. Because they're the, his contract's insured for 85%, so they they're just making money off of this. That they can cut him through this.
1: So Aaron's essentially done now, is he? And uh, it's funny because Todd's yeah. man was and the Yankees will still be paying back his money. I feel like multiple other teams are still paying. He still has
2: a uh, 100 million dollars owed. Oh, Aaron oh, has his an insane contract. So. I mean, it kind of a waste, because he didn't really do much. He only won one World Series with them, right? It was in 2009. Right, yeah. He yeah. yeah. didn't really do much. He's, he's, it wasn't great when he's played. He's now had injury problems. And so now basically the team's wondering, what are they going to do? They can cut him, eat the salary, which would be, I mean, it would be tough for any team, even if it is the Yankees. But then that basically sends a message like, all right, just go. They can try and void his contract, that's been speculated, that's what a lot of people want the team to do, but uh, that will be very hard to do. Yeah, a already told him to his lawyers and already trying to fight that. So. Exactly, because, I mean, again, he hasn't failed a drug test. Right. And while that doesn't mean, you know, he's automatically, you know, not guilty, it's still, you know, something that he could fight with in court, and, I mean, training him's a non-option because he's got no, pretty much no value now, and he's, like you said, Got to, the Yankees would have to eat up an insane amount of the contract, which they certainly could, but nobody's going to want to trade for him, anything of value, So, or else they can just keep on going. And he's hurt anyway, so he's probably, he may end up missing most, much of the year as is. So it's just a complete a complete absolute
1: mess. I mean, it's, such a, it's such a waste. It's funny how Derek Jeter's been a Yankee longer and healthier than Alex Rodriguez has. Uh, I just found that interesting. Uh, apparently, his uh, new girlfriend is the DirecTV genie. That, Jeter, Dude. is that is that wow, legitimate? really? I think so. Okay, I, I did not know good, that. Good i him. I was searching it out. Good for actually. We uh, googled it, but um, uh, the other is more interesting because Cole well, Cabrera was suspended for the end of the season last year. Right, he was he was he, he was, was the a ulcer, giant ulcer
3: MVP, and then shortly after that was suspended for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, and in fact that Nelson Cruz and Gio Gonzalez. That's interesting. Is this bad for baseball that PEDs are still servicing? It, it's bad because it, it really—it's seen. Well,
3: actually, it, you could see it's a positive thing because the fact that this has been caught and then it's it's being dealt with and this is not. There's we're not getting drug before through the Senate again. There's no Mitchell Report Part Two. The MLB has got its own internal setup going on. They're taking care of it. They're policing it. These guys are already—they're already banned. They're, there's no question. The report has has sent them all fifty games, which I mean, it's a shame for people like Gio that could innocent, because the interesting part of GEO is his dad actually went to this doctor for years, which is where the connection comes in, and the dad, reportedly, is the one that t- took all the drugs that GEO was being accused of taking. So the accusation is this his doctor
1: lied, falsified the documents, saying he sold them to GEO to try and get some more publicity. That's interesting. Yeah, it's funny how, uh, I'm glad the MLB sort of got everything under control, but in positive baseball news, and B-Play, you are all over the blog about this one, the uh, BJ Upton trade? Yeah. yeah, now Joins is just enough. Joins' brothers, the hot Atlanta Braves, yeah, does this make them, because you were saying they're going to be a top contender next year
2: this Absolutely. year. Absolutely, for the World Series. I think if you look at the uh, NL East, you got two teams that are real World Series contenders, one team that will be, you know, 500, and two teams that are god-awful. Yeah. So I really think that that's a, a nice little balancing act of uh, the National League East. I know you're a National League East guy, so. Your well, the, uh,
3: the the Vegas odds came out today. Actually, had the Braves as the, as the World Series favorites at really? five to two odds. How about
2: that? They had na- I think Nationals
3: were were about uh, eight to one, and the Phillies were twenty to one, and, and then the Mets. And- <laughs> Starting lineup under twenty five, McCann's twenty eight. It's they got all stars all around, they have, they have great young guys coming up, solid pitching rotation, easily the best outfield in baseball. With the two options and with uh
2: Jason Airworth out all there, yeah.
3: Yeah, been there for a long time. Absolutely. It's a, it's almost a an uh, outfield reincarnation of the of the big great big three from the
1: nineties. Mmm, yes. This is my brave. Uh Josh Smoltz, Greg Maddox, potential future Hall of Famer. I
2: don't know third Tom Glavis. Tom Glavis. No,
1: they're both going in next Yes, right. right. They might yeah. go in and uh, Chipper Jones. That was my team. And Kevin Millwood at
2: their Yeah, Yeah, yeah. That was
1: my team growing up. Cause it, it, I think that was the first World Series I ever watched and they played the Yankees. Mm. But uh, some good baseball talk. You heard it here first on Fnatic Radio. The Braves are going to be lethal. But uh, let's go NBA talk. Quick summary. Uh, Alan Iverson will not be joining the uh, Texas Legends. If we tried to, we were actually really excited. We we're going to break the story and say he's coming back. We already had, you know, potentially someone lined up from the Legends organization, and then it was announced, I believe it was Wednesday. On Twitter, he said, I think Donnie, it should be Donnie Nelson, the owner of the Legends, the general manager, I guess, in Dallas. For the consideration, well, I think the D League is a great opportunity. It is not the route for me.
2: Are you upset that AI
1: is not going through the D
2: League to be a back? I mean, uh, I'm not that surprised because, I mean, it is kind of sad how his career just flamed out so quickly as it did to now where he's, you know, been trying to get back in the league. Nobody's interested. And I think that, I mean, it it is tough for a guy like him to have to go and play in the D League. So I can see why he wouldn't do that. But I'm also not seeing a lot of offers. And maybe that's partially because, you know, we, everyone knows that, you know, he wants Probably still thinks he's a top-level guy. He's probably looking for a decent amount of money. And when the last time he played, it was a mess. So I really think that he may be oh, done. Because it's a shame because he was definitely one of the best players. A guy you had to see in person. I oh, never saw him. I I, I had to watch. I've
3: grown up watching him play in person. Yeah. Philly and I got mean, a Philly boy here. It's it's really. I actually saw him last year. He he was they used to bring him back into the playoff games and the Sixers magically injured Derrick Rose and went to the second round last year. He, <laughs> AI used to come to all the home games, and they'd have him come out and go nuts, but
0: yeah. there
3: was talk of, of the Sixers trying to sign him, and they—they they, even they want no part of him at this point. Really yeah. like, there's nobody that wants him on their team. Yeah. Impressive
1: that so they have Drew Holiday making the All-Star game as a reserve. And a uh, potential starter now with the Rondo injury. Right, yeah. What are your thoughts of Rondo being out? Essentially, just
2: probably going to be the downfall of the Celtics as we know it, as of now. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do, because they are still in good shape. I mean, the teams are chasing them Philly, who are still without Bynum. Not certain when they're going to come back. Bynum. Behind them is Detroit, who they made a really good move in picking up Jose Calderon, who should help their team a lot. But uh, I still think they're in solid shape to hang on. And besides, I mean, they if they want to trade and uh, you know pull the trigger and blow it up, which I really think they should. It will be tough because they're not going to get anything for. It. I don't think anybody's going to give anything for Garnett. I think you could get something for Paul Pierce because I still think he can play at a high level, still bring a lot of scoring and leadership, good defense to a club. But besides that, there's not a huge amount they can do because, like you know, Kevin Garnett's still on a uh, higher salary and he's at the end of his career. So what do they really could really get out of him? So, but I really think that Danny Ainge is uh, looking to uh, make some moves and shake up this team and build more around Rondo and more of like a fast-breaking uh, kind of team. Which now, because now they've been more of a stack, but like the offense is not going to get much worse because it wasn't that good to begin with.
3: They actually scored more points than he's out on the floor so far the season, Rondo statistically. Yeah. So
2: that's that's not an issue with him not being here. Exactly, and the defense will still be good as well. So I could still see them making playoffs if they try and hold on, and then worry about stuff in the offseason because he may not may not be back till next year's All Star break. So they've got they do have some time to think about what they're going to want to do, building forward. They really do have to think about it because, as Danny Angel always said, the problem with the Celtics, like the Kevin McHale, Larry Bird, is that they held on to them too long, and thus they were left gotten nothing out of it that the Celtics in the early to mid to late 90s crap so they were
1: I have a well I have NBA Live 2005 very throwback game yeah I think the starting lineup for that was uh, Gary Payton oh god uh, Walter or Willie McCarthy Rafe uh The Truth and Paul Pierce and I don't even remember I think Ricky Davis was the, the fifth guy mm. but
2: uh I mean they were good in like the kind of the turn of the century they had some good teams on their uh O'Brien made the uh, Eastern Conference Finals when the Nets uh, were the one seed with I think 50 wins. Went the first year with Jason Kidd, and then they got completely destroyed by the Lakers. I remember that series. That was that was that was actually kind of funny because they were throwing, the Nets were throwing like uh, uh, Tom McCullough and Jason Collins throwing at Shaq, who averaged like like 35 and 20 for that series, for something like in is that when Jason Kitt was still there? That was that was his first year with the team after it they is. traded Marbury for him basically straight up.
1: Uh, uh
2: fairly well in New York, but uh
1: interesting. To see what the Celtics do. I'd like to see Avery Bradley play more. He yeah. has he has young potential. Uh Jared Solinger, who I didn't think was a great draft pick, but he has uh great potential. Doc Rivers always finds ways, to turn players around. Then going back to the AI thing, I saw him play one when he was in Denver absolute clown. A uh, fun player to watch. I would have been interested to see how he did in Turkey, because apparently he was also playing, he's playing a little bit this year in China, mm. which is where uh, potentially AU's own Troy Brewer could be playing. Hey,
0: how
1: about that? Uh, I told him if he does, I want him to be on the team with uh, Tracy McGrady. <laughs> Beijing Ducks. That's
2: the team? Yeah, they're the be- I believe he's on the Beijing Ducks. <laughs> that's right, that.
1: I had no idea.
2: Or, no, that's McGrady or is that Mar... I think that's actually Marbury, because I know he's everyone's like, oh, well, he's finally a champion in <laughs> But uh, more for the NBA, and b plus this
1: is your team, your uh, New Jersey Nets, your boy Reggie Evans, yeah. talking smack to LeBron saying he didn't really deserve God. his championship because of the NBA lockout in the shortened season, and how did the Heat respond, ended up winning 105-85, to 85 Yeah, and just blowing the doors off of a very struggling Nets team. Well, the best but,
2: yeah. part of that whole thing was that Reggie Evans. I mean, Reggie Evans is a guy that can get you a lot of rebounds, and he gives you nothing else. He's a disaster on offense. Can't make a free throw. Can't make a shot. Yeah, there was a game, I think he had 20 boards and, like, two points. Yeah, and he's one of the – he may be the leading rebounder on the team, but he basically said that, oh, uh, LeBron James is nothing more than Joe Johnson. Which yeah. is just so wrong. And then Reggie Evans goes out it's god-awful. And LeBron has another stellar game. And that game was, like, tied because I came home on Wednesday night. The game was tied. And then I was on my computer and had it on TV. And the next thing I know, like, Miami, the same quarter, was up by, like, 20. So they really just put the gas on. I mean, when that whole Miami team is cranking and they got everything rolling together, you they, they, they can't be beat, So especially LeBron. And we got Wade and Bosh as well. So I mean, that team, when, when they're clicking, that you know, you can't beat them. And I'm not seeing the team in the East that can beat them. Yeah, I mean, my only guess is the uh, Pacers. They played them yeah. six games last year. Yeah, I mean, the Celtics had a were uh, had Miami on the ropes. They were up three two in a series that I actually picked the Celtics to win. And people called me a moron. I look great for a little bit, as mm-hmm. I always do, and I always end up looking wrong. But um
1: I don't like because
2: uh, I think the Knicks have been very good this year. The Nets have played a lot better on their PJ Carlissimo. v um, hate. You can't stand him. I, I think he's an awful yeah. coach. But you know what? The team's doing well, so it's all right for now. It's like when Mike Woodson took over for the uh, the Knicks yeah. last year, Tony? Yeah. yeah. And and, he, and he's done great work and he could very well end win coach of the year. I like the I like the Pacers a lot. But none of those teams have what it takes to beat the Heat. I'm, I'm pretty sure that nobody won't beat the Heat.
1: LeBron still has that streak going of 20-plus 20, 20 consecutive games, right? They passed Kevin McHale for the best, uh, most consecutive games to start a season.
2: Yeah. And I
1: think he still continues to average 20 or more.
2: Yeah, he's you know, he's just he is the best
1: player in the world. Tearing through that league. Yeah. Someone else is tearing through the locker room. Did you get a chance to watch the OKC-Grizzlies game last
2: night? I did, actually. I caught a decent amount, and then I went to the gym and cut the end there. It was it was not a pretty game. I mean, Memphis was shorthanded, and I was losing Rudy Gay. I of all the teams while I go to Toronto. I mean, uh, I think Rudy Gay overrated. I'm not a huge fan of his I think he's a good player. I think he was way overpaid. Uh, he shoots a lot. He's only, he only shoots like 40%, 41% from the field. He's not a great defender. He's average from three. And I really think that, you know, he's overrated because the core of the team is so good. But if you're going to trade any one of those guys from their core, it's going to be Rudy Gay and got rid of a lot of cap money. I mean, and you're bringing guys – and Tayshawn Prince and... uh has some years on him. He's he been playing well. It's like when they brought uh, Rip Hamilton to the Bulls.
1: Yeah. They were the onesie
2: last year. Yeah, well, I mean, Rip Hamilton didn't play a whole lot last year. But with Tayshawn Prince, what they really need him to do, basically, is to make threes from the corner, which he does very well. And so I really thought it was a, a good, and they got back at Davis, which I thought was a, a very good move because he great this year. And actually, their production is pretty much the same, him and Rudy Gay, except Rudy Gay took like five more shots. And uh, I, like I say, I don't hate Rudy Gay. I think he's overrated, but I think he's a good player. I think Toronto has made, made a god-awful move because they're now, I believe it was Kelly Dwyer on uh, Ball Don't Lie on Yahoo uh, um, Yahoo Sports. We're basically, you know, Toronto is building their team around guys that nobody else wants. And now Gay... DeMar DeRozan, they gave to a huge deal, I'm not sure why, and Andrea Bargnani. He's and still Bargnani. He was funny, earlier this year he was saying the Toronto Raptors are the worst team in the league. Yeah, and I thought they'd be competitive this year. I thought they'd be a little outside, of, I think I had them like 10th in the East, 10th, 11th. But yeah, So, but they're building their core around those guys. They're going to be in the luxury tax next year. It's just like, what are they doing? And like I, said, like I said earlier, love the trade for Detroit because they needed a point guard bad. Get rid of a guy, a couple of guys in France, and um, the guy from Gizak, I'm drawing a blank out his name. Austin Day. Austin Day, he's been an okay player, a uh, decent contributor. But they're getting rid of uh, guys that they don't need, they don't have future with. They get a uh, very good point guard, excellent distributor, good shooter, and he's a big expiring contract. So now they have a bunch of cap room. They also rid of Tayshaun Prince's contract. So I really thought a good move for Detroit, and it'll be great when Joe Dumore blows uh, cap space on crappy players or, like, Charlie Villanueva or Ben Gord. So, oh, I huh? hope they don't because I, I want the Pistons to be good again because I thought it was great, even though it was ugly-ass basketball, when it was Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, Billups,
1: you know, Larry, Larry Brown goes
2: Larry Brown, before that Rick Carla, like, they really played an ugly style game. But it worked. So they won a championship, too. They did.
1: Yeah, big Ben lost. Larry Brown, shout out to him for, Uh hopefully picking up some more success in the CUSA coaching uh Yeah, that's right. Uh, interesting uh, game. Did you notice that Russell Westbrook completely just went on a, uh, a tyrant yesterday? Yeah. Here's what uh, Marv Albert and Steve Kerr had to say about it.
0: Russell Westbrook apparently went to the locker room during the course of that timeout. Seemed to be upset as he went to the bench. Well, we did see Russell Westbrook put on his chair during that timeout and stormed back into the locker room, followed by Mo Cheek and then a security guard. I have been told as they came back onto the court that he was very upset, but that, according to Mo Cheek, he talked to him and he's okay now. All right. They were up 21 when he went to the locker room. He got 19 points. He's having a great deal. What could he be so upset about? They may have heard more of the, you. Know, the big, yeah, it's possible, yeah. about the back Use of the back the the yeah. shot. Yeah, he may be <laughs> upset
1: about that. Basically, if you watch this video on NBA.com, YouTube, or whatever, or on Fanatic Radio's Facebook page, you'll notice that he was backing down. and posting up someone, and he thought it was a an offensive foul. But apparently on the way down, he so went to a media timeout. He was yelling at uh, a Cephalosia. So apparently he asked him, they yelled at him for not passing him the ball. And frustration, Scott Briggs takes there. him out. Russell Rutherford walks back to the locker room, has to take uh, assistant coach uh, Murray's cheeks to convince him to come back out. Yeah. Or he just pouted and sulked on the sidelines. Uh, and, and inside the NBA last night, Charles Barkley said that's bad, and it's not the first time it's happened that Russell Westbrook has sort of got upset because apparently during the finals, people were criticizing him for shooting too much. Yeah. And he made the mistake of not fou- uh, of fouling when there was a the shot clock was still on. in Miami went to the one of the games, ultimately the OKC lost. But for a team that's doing very well without James
2: Harden, is it bad knowing that one of your best players still has an anger issue? Um, I think it's definitely to keep an eye on. I mean, it, that's kind of something. I mean, he is a hell of a player. Durant's having a hell of a year. The team's been awesome this year. Fun to watch, yeah. They've been fun to watch. They're winning games. They're playing great defense. Great great team basketball. And so it really it, it's something that could hurt the team. I think they'll, get, they'll figure it out. There are good leaders on that team. I think that they'll uh, figure something out, and it won't be a serious problem. It is something to keep an eye on because, as I said, he has had issues before, and there are times where people criticize him. Does he you know his real place on the team? That it's Durant's team. He's like 1A. He's not, you know, 1 and 1 with Durant, if that makes any sense. But um, I really think that, you know, with this team, I mean, because when he had his old tantrum, Memphis got back in the game a little bit. Zach Randolph, who had a really bizarre stat line. He had a bunch of boards, but he went like didn't make didn't make any shots until the third quarter, and so. But I think he almost had like 20 boards. I'd have to take a look at his stat line because they were talking about it. it was just bizarre, and so. Um, but yeah, but I still think OKC okay, is so definitely the favorite out west, but with something like this, this is the kind of thing that could definitely hurt, especially if it lingers becomes a problem down the line, and I know uh, Mike Creel, you're a big Russell Westbrook guy. So what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I,
3: I, I kind of like the anger. It's kind of that, that little competitive. I mean, obviously last night was a bit excessive. You had to have Mo Cheeks calm him down. Yeah. But like, like you said, he's a phenomenal player. He's, he's one being one A to Kevin Durant is a compliment in and of itself. That's yeah. Just, I mean, that's you know the guy's an all star. He's, he's a perennial MVP candidate, and he's he's on one he's on the arguably the best team in basketball. So like for now, you know what. Dangers a dangers, fine. Yeah. If you if you are on like the Wizards or the Cavaliers, you know then yeah. maybe, then maybe it's a bigger deal because it's more public and it's you know you can't hide behind another player. But I really I I, I like it. I, I like the kind of outburst. Mm. It keeps the team from getting complacent. It keeps them fresh. Keeps them on their toes, and and, yeah. and really shows these guys are still human and they still get motivated by this game. Yeah, and
2: but and I like the point you made because but if he did also make this outburst on like a lesser team it wouldn't have also gotten the publicity. Like, right. this was a national TV game, a TNT game, and a lot of people are have their eyes on him because they're one of the league teams in basketball. But it's uh, it's something definitely to keep an eye on. But for now, and I, I kind of agree, like, in Schwartzburg, I don't think it's that bad. He is a fiery guy. I like that. I'm a fiery guy. Gets me in trouble a lot. But, uh, yeah. you know, well, you know, life goes on. Yes,
1: it does. Okay, so you probably, what clips What's it? Sixty wins this year. I think so. Yeah, but uh, going back to Zach Randolph, 19 boards, nine points. Yeah. I know this it's just that a good day for Westbrook. Uh, but hey, he's had a great year. He deserves. Yeah, the All Star game that. too. Him, Russ, and Westberg All Star reserves. Yeah. Another guy with an interesting stat line was Clay Thompson yesterday. Of mm. State he had 27 points and that's it. No rebounds, no assists, <laughs> no steals. Yeah. He tried the Last person that was like it was in 2009 to have. Over 20-plus and, and
2: all zeroes after. <laughs> yeah. That's that good. I tell you, that Golden State team, they were talking about on the broadcast. Uh, it was Kevin Harlan and Chris Rare was talking a lot about it. And, I mean, it's, it's, great. Naves, baby. it's great not having Reggie Miller not in games because he's just so bad. But they talk about the Warriors. You know, everybody has a green light. Uh, Whoever was talking about, if you play hard defense for Mark Jackson, who's really done great work this year. Um, you know, you've got a green light an offense. They've got a bunch of guys who can shoot Thompson, Curry. They've got uh, David, Lee. David Lee's been great He's an all-star year. as well. He uh, made the all-star team. Curry uh, deserves to be one. Absolutely. And, so, and you was, Bogut, someone Bogut. Uh, Bogut's been great. So Bogut's been – and what's great about Bogut, and he knows his role, is that he's not the offensive guy like he was in Milwaukee where he was their offense, but he gives him great defense. Physical inside play and so it's really been a good fit for this team. Very fun to watch. Yeah, I think
1: they're one of the top was it five teams in the league? Or uh the West. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, the very but the very high powered West uh conference with the Clippers, Spurs, O K C but um But yeah, let's go to College Basketball B flow. You Mike feel were you in attendance of Wednesday night's uh Came for the ages. Sad, sad. I was not because I, I, you know, I really regret it. I've,
3: I've only heard great things that they gave me. It was a tough loss for AU. What just, was your, what was
1: your excuse for not going? What was my excuse for not going? Now I
3: can't think of it. I Mine was I was getting a haircut. That's
2: that's a as, solid as, excuse. Anyway, yeah. it's, it's a fresh do, so thank That's you, a solid excuse. <laughs> how about you? Been? Were you there? Oh, I was there, and believe me, it was, it was not great. It's I was it's very, very sad. Angry. Basically, bottom line, we lost 56-55. AU led by as many as eight.
1: I think it was, it was yep. five minutes ago. Yep. And a team we've we yeah, were led by like with like five with like a minute and a half to go. Yeah. And so a team that this show has given nothing but praise, being one of the teams to make the to possibly make the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Now that Lehigh was uh is even with them. they have mm-hmm. five and one in the conference or six and one. They pick up the win against Navy last night, Again, who didn't beat Navy. But a uh, bad offensive, a uh, bad defensive rebounding. Right. After, well, first of all, bad free throw shooting. Yeah. Or uh, well, Bricky, Bricky not that best free throw shooter, but Daniel Luno's missing out of the front end of a 1 and 1.
2: Yeah.
1: Gives Bucknell a chance and a, player, a potential player, uh, he's player of the year because out. Yeah. Mike Muscala. Uh, first of all, great block, gets blocked.
2: Yeah, and then ceiling
1: inbounds, misses the shot, puts it
2: back yep. in. 2.8 uh, seconds was, left. I five five. The thing and nobody boxed out, and they allowed him to get the board, got, got, the shot blocked. They did the same exact play again, and it looked like you know the team wasn't ready for it. He didn't make it. It was it was furious because once again, it's a game we should win. We get the best teams in conference. And we have them on the ropes. The same exact thing as what happened with Lei earlier. We have chances to win, and we can execute when we have to. It's, it's sad, infuriating. Because we should have <laughs> beat Bucknell last year. I yes. was pissed off in that game, too. By the way, both games successfully started the, B- the BS, chan. I wouldn't say it on the air. But I got it started because there were some god-awful calls. I mean, there was, the rest were awful on both sides. They gave us calls that were absurd, and they gave them calls. But I forget the context. But I started the BS champ, which is one of my favorite champs. That's the Bachelor of Science chant you're talking about. Absolutely, okay. of course. Which we all earn here at the school. Absolutely. So it was a, uh, yeah, very infuriated. I was very angry. I was like, once the once they, uh the clock ran out, because I mean, you know, a lot of fans are there too. Is what I There mean. was. was a big area. It was. It was, it night, was also night. club night. So yeah, that. So the crowds died out a little bit after the half. But like, uh, there. yeah. So I was one there. of the first people walking out. I was pissed <laughs> off, and the guy was like, uh, the security guy stopped. He had to let the team go down. They they all walked down, and uh, Kieran Donahue was clapping. Like, thanks guys, thanks for coming out. I'm like, wow, classy guy that that Kieran who What did
1: our boy Fox say he looked like?
2: Uh, I think he said, oh, wow. Um, I, kn- uh, wow. Uh, I don't remember. I forget of that. But.
1: That's sad. We now go to two and, four, two and four in conference play, or three and four. Oh, I got the uh, L release right here. Yeah, two and four in conference play. Seven and fourteen ultimately it could be one of the worst years of Jeff Jones's coaching career, as we were I think I was eleven and seven, eleven and twenty. Uh, the year we got the four seed, uh, which was not my freshman year, but the year before in the two thousand nine. But, uh, yeah, and the worst part is both of the Lehigh and Bucknell games were at home. So, imagine, we're just going to get the doors blown off of us when we travel up to PA. Oh, God. Yeah. And then we play Lafayette this weekend, who uh, is, as it stands right now, the third seed in the conference. They've, they've been playing great. They won. No they idea who's
2: on their v high up. big, and they, cr- they just crushed. Holy cross. A team we lost to by, like, 20. Yeah. We're going to lose Saturday, aren't we? I, I hope not. Because I'm gonna be there and I'm gonna be, be there all too. fired up for Phil Bender. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, but uh, Comcast game too. Oh, is it really? Yes, It is. 1 I p.m. Know. start. Oh wow, it's a 1 p.m. Yeah, start.
1: PM. They one moved the, it? Yeah. One of the one of the rarities. Wow, because it was originally at two. I yeah. need to check my email. Oh, that's a daily thing. I did not know that. Actually, either. the website says 2 p.m. I don't know why I don't know wonderful marketing
2: people are saying it was 1 p.m. Uh, with, uh, yeah, I got an email an hour ago from AU that says 1, uh, 2 p.m. on uh, on uh, Comcast Net. Same broadcast crew as the uh, the Navy game, so that's potential. We showed up for we kicked the crap out of Navy. And thus, uh with a Joe Bannon Addy, that's scrubbing John Feinstein on the call. John Feinstein,
1: Mr. Patriot League
2: himself. Or we could watch, or you can watch the game live on Patriot All Access oh God. with your boy Dan Lang and the legendary Jeremy Huber. Can't say. Listen to their highlights, I'm gonna
1: go on right here. That was the most unenthusiastic call to a game-winning basket I've ever seen. Dan what? Lang has no right to be a homer because I mean. But even regardless, I mean, I know the fans, the fans aren't going to be able to listen to this, because I don't think my computer can go high enough, but when it loads, I will play you guys this call at the M.U.S. tips it in. But let's go to quickly for college basketball landscape, probably one of the most star-studded games that I'm looking forward to. I want to give a quick shout-out to Rashimacher, Schumacher, IU uh, student. He'll join us on the show next week to talk about the game, and I'll is Hoosiers are doing in a very backed Big 12, which is our uh, Big Ten, which uh, is interesting because the Big East, and the ACC, it mostly hold court with the best basketball conference, Nice I see that Big Ten has done it. But um, number one against number three in Assembly Hall, a Michigan team that their only loss has been against Ohio State, which was in Ohio State. So I think Indiana's going to win because Assembly Hall always gets fired up night game. Yep. Through a uh, College game that'll be, is that'll be to be a hell of a game. A bigger atmosphere than any AU game imaginable. As a, Oh no. What
2: are you talking about? <laughs> We've got Phil Bender on Saturday. Exactly. On. Who is not a
1: who is a real person as uh people were trying to cover up the rumor that he's not. But <laughs> a very good Michigan team who's now number one for the first time since the uh, the Fab five. Guys That's with true. Trey Burke. Uh, Little Glenn Robinson III and yes. uh, Tim Hardaway yes. Jr. A very diverse outside shooting team goes up against Cody Zeller, who I think uh, should be uh, a uh, player of the year, if not Trey Burke, because he leads the nation in assists, averages like seven and a half a game, and has Michigan uh, won. winner of this game is going to win the Big Ten, and one of these two teams is going to get a one seed. Who do you have in this game, B
2: um, you know, going at home playing in uh, Assembly Hall, I think Indiana's going to get the upset. Uh, it's not an upset. Actually, I don't know if it's an upset. I mean, they are in ter- an upset in terms of the lower. Yeah. Because I think we're going to get a lot of offense in this game, and Indeed. I'm looking forward to it. And I, well, I really think it's every, every be except awesome the
1: except game. the NC State NC game, every college game day yeah. game has been exciting. The Butler Absolutely. and the MAGA game the yeah, down the wire.
2: And I, but I'm, I'm like Indiana. I'm like Indiana at home. I think it's gonna be uh, a very high-scoring game, but their inside-outside stuff, I think, uh, uh, I think will be a little too much for the uh, Wolverines. Do
0: you have a Big
2: Ten
3: follower, trail? Uh, not, you know, not, not that much. I'll admit. I'm kind okay. of slacking this year, but you know, I caught a bit of that Michigan-Illinois game last week, mm-hmm. and I really, I, I take Michigan in this one because just, just the few minutes that I watched is great passion, great intensity from Michigan players, always going hard, and I really deserve that one seed. I really got to have them in Indiana.
2: Alright, other big games,
1: looking at OK State at Kansas. OK State is a team that almost beat Gonzaga. They're out. I would say if it wasn't Stillwater, they would probably win, but it's in Fog Island, so Kansas will win. Uh, Miami against North Carolina State, 14 against 19.
2: That is a CBS game. Is that where we have that our is. boy Tim Brando on the call? Uh, that will be Spiro Didis and Bill Rapp. We will not get that game because going could is a uh, regional action. Because no. the game is uh, Georgetown and um, I think it's uh, Saint John's. Yep. The yeah, Johnnies. Nice. Oh, Saint got- Johns Georgetown Saint John. Will be, uh, that's a, uh, and that will be, that crew is. The Clark Keletality. Um I think it may be uh, Ian Eagle. I th- oh, yeah, it's Iron Eagle and Clark Kellogg. Because Kevin Harlan's doing the Super Bowl, and Jim Nance is uh, off. So it'll be Ian Eagle, and the other game is Spiro Diaz and our good friend Bill Raptory. Um, be, they'll be in uh, Raleigh. Good. That's, that's, game, a, that's, that's a good game in, in Raleigh, Raleigh, right? Yep. Okay, good. Not Coral
1: Gables. That would've been a fun atmosphere too. Both those teams playing very well. Uh, and a fun, another big ranked match to watch is the Ole Miss in Florida. A Florida team that I think should be that I think should be the next number one, maybe then fourth now, but they should be higher. I agree. If
2: Michigan loses, can Oh, welcome to Florida team. They've beat
1: SEC opponents by 15 points or more mm. in every game they've played. And I watched them absolutely drum uh, Mississippi State the other yeah. day. They were like 40, so that's good. That's our college basketball mix. And let's end the show with uh, tweets and Flow. And we got the funk.
0: Oh, well, uh, glory be, the funk's on me, Bob. Keep that funk alive. Keep that funk alive. Mm. Well, it's 1975
1: and We'll we just be keeping mm. the funk alive, mm. Once again, fans, time for our critically acclaimed segment. Tweets from Flow. go to com slash bflo360 and find out what in the world is going on with the notorious Ben Florence. As Bootsy Collins takes it away into the night. Uh, you were discussing with your boys about who the Super Bowl halftime show for next year should be, and you mentioned a
2: band called Blues Traveler. Yeah, it was not a, uh, a serious discussion because I took a tweet with a friend of mine. It would be absurd, uh... Super halftime show next year, and uh, the um, uh, friend and Jordan, of his, yeah, 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 in, uh, in the Meadowlands, and the the friend of his tweeted at me, oh, how about uh, Fountains of Wayne? Are they still around? They famously did uh Stacy's Mom, love that song, yeah. and I suggested Blues Traveler because they did a. They're they're actually a pretty good band. They did uh You might have heard the song Run Around. If you if you listen to it, you might have heard of it. It's a good tune. It's a good tune. But uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't intended to be a serious discussion at all, because I think it's way too early for that kind of speculation because we haven't even had the, this year's Super Bowl yet. So who knows? Yeah, uh, he also
1: tweeted about um, apparently rumors were that Beyonce lip synced the national anthem at the
2: inauguration. Oh no, no, it's true. Yeah, she admitted yeah, it. She
1: did. Yeah,
2: it was uh, reported or rumors because of from the. Um, the band said that they were, yeah, they weren't playing. It was her it. Which, I mean, honestly, I I don't care. I don't get why people care about this. Because, I mean, you know, people love to sing that stuff all the time. It's, because and it's still her singing it. It's it not, she's it's not st- like, exactly. She still sang the song. It just wasn't in front of people. Because, it, uh, let's be honest, if she had, you know, sang it live and messed up something. Then, then it's like just Like when done. Christina Aguilera did the, the national anthem for the Super Bowl I think it was the one in it
1: was the Texas. Texas
2: in, uh, remember the, that? It was the Texas yeah, yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, and people were, like, crucifying her for that. So, yeah. honestly, I, I mean, I don't care. Uh, I don't think it's a big deal at all. I mean, she said she'll be doing the uh, one it's live blue blue, on blue yeah. Sunday. But, so I mean, I don't get why people made a big deal
3: out of it. Who cares? Did you go to see the press conference her other day? We asked about the, she had a pre press conference. They asked her. And her response was to stand up and sing the
2: national anthem to the reporters and say, "I can look, I can still do it." Yeah, and actually, a fun fact about it, because my dad, when it was Giants Patriots in Arizona, he was covering the Super Bowl for a station in New York, and basically he said that when they did the with uh, uh, the uh, Springsteen, um, yeah. he said that that was by far the biggest uh, in terms of that week, like press conference. It wasn't even close. So he said it, it was packed for Bruce Springsteen. So that there's a little tidbit for the halftime show uh pre game press conference. So uh so yeah. But I mean like you know what? Like Whitney Houston, my probably the most famous uh national anthem before the heart of the Gulf War in uh nineteen ninety one, the Giants Bill Super Bowl and uh down in Tampa at the um uh, at the some uh big sombrero Old Tampa Stadium, and she lip synced that. Uh, Yo Yo Ma when they performed at the uh, the White House one time, they, they lip sync that. How could he lip sync? He plays the cello. Yeah, well, I mean, you can lip sync. You can lip sync playing. You just have to pretend that you're playing. But not. actually. Uh, I, mean, I don't get why people are making a big deal out of it. It's like, oh, this is serious. Like, no. Sure. First off, why are we talking about it now? This happened almost two weeks ago. Why do people care? I mean, well, yeah, I mean she is doing the Super Bowl, but still, come on.
1: I'm looking forward to the halftime show. i want you to see her uh, entourage. I agree. There. Will, will there be? I've, appearances?
2: Got, I've got no problem with me. Honestly. Will there I be appearances be... by your boy Kanye West? Oh, uh, good friends with know. her husband, Jay Z. Yeah. I think probably the odds on we could see Jay Z in the mix, but who, who knows? knows? I mean, we have Madonna, and I didn't think that CeeLo Green and uh, who was the uh,
1: Nicki Minaj.
2: Nicki Minaj yeah. was dreadful. But he's actually apparently been hilarious, like, like a great judge on American Idol. So, figure that, but, uh, yeah, in fact, we were watching the halftime show last year, we were in the, the tavern, I, I found you, yeah, that's right, you are live-tweeting, live-tweeting the Super Bowl, uh, yeah, but I won't be doing, like, the live tweet thing on the blog, because that was just a pain in the butt to set up, so I'm just, gonna, but I will be live-tweeting it, From I'll be watching it in the tavern, I'm planning on watching it in the tavern, so that should be <laughs> And uh, last, week you posted several videos on your Twitter of a
1: uh, looks like a graduation.
2: Yes, uh, great stuff. Because for a, a video I made, because I remember, cause I they, before I um, went came back during my break, I watched my middle school graduation video. <laughs> what? With my uh, with a, a good friend of mine at home, and I'm like, wow, this video is great. So I wanted to see if I could put it on download it to my computer so I could put it on YouTube, because it wasn't encrypted or anything, it did it flawlessly, so I posted it on YouTube, and all my friends from back home were like, wow, this video is so bad, which it really is, it's dreadful, if you want to watch the whole thing, I mean, there's, it's in three parts, and they're all 25 to 30, 35 minutes, where are you? Uh, I don't know. That's, These are on YouTube. That, this is on YouTube. I oh, yeah. just said that.
1: Search Brookside
2: Class of 2007. Brookside grad- Class 07 graduation video. Oh. I think that that looks like it's uh, part uh, two or three. We're on part two right now. Yeah. That's part two. That's not the. That's mostly just boring stuff. The best thing about part two, and you gotta skip ahead, behind the dreadfully boring uh, speech for our superintendent who looked like Little little peep, as everyone would say, and our principal, who had god-awful hair that looked like crop circles, the best part about is at the end, because they made us sing in our middle school graduation, and we did a god-awful version of uh, we murdered Rod Stewart's forever young. <laughs> I, I linked to it. I posted the link on Facebook to the exact point. It's god-awful. It's so bad, and but it's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, so that's the uh, that's the video.
1: i don't to have to look for where you are, because yeah. that, is,
2: that is too funny. That's I, I was in the second row on the left side. Second row on the so, a similar spot to where was my high school graduation. It was also on the left side, or right, if you're looking out from being in the graduating class. So if I'm looking at you, it's on the left. Yes. All right, we're definitely going to do that second row. Oh,
0: you are living La Vida Loca. That's what yes.
2: I, yes, I am. true. Oh, yes, I was. That's where I in the show. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I never, you should have uh, seen my high school graduation. We did it in a, in a rainstorm. It was outside. It was wild. We had uh, there were electrical problems. We were all, like, screaming and yelling. There were kids, there was, uh stoned. It was crazy. <laughs> Best time in New Jersey.
1: It wasn't. It wasn't on that. Low and I break down the through wall to the Instagram screen. More than is ever can imagine next week. Rashi Margar will join us about Indiana basketball. The Hoosiers can make the final floor run that Tom Crean has been destined to be. Once again, you can check out the podcast on iTunes all year, B- uh, for all of us here at the BeFlo 360 Network. For our special guest, Mike Friel, the real deal. Uh, congratulations on being an intramural ref. You start Monday, right? And he's also champion of intermarrow
0: uh, tennis
1: <laughs> Yes! awesome <laughs> <laughs> and as far as Ben for I'm Michael Garnish I'm the Snack Radio I'm Radio Mod, Wallace, the radio program so long <laughs> we'll see you next